when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. This podcast contains explicit language. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. We're Macklemoring this shit. (laughs) Macklemore? We're we're the Macklemost. (laughs) Macklemore, uh... That sucked. So that happened. This week, your esteemed legislators came together to try to sort out the Highway Trust Fund and its, you know, funding. It was, as you might expect, a struggle. We'll talk about how they did and try to remember a halcyon time when this sort of legislative work was easier. Meanwhile, we have got some hot Elizabeth Warren on underprepared financial executive action for you. As the Massachusetts senator continues to fight for a new regulation that would make it illegal for financial advisors to rip off their customers, she came face-to-face with Primerica President Peter Schneider, representing a vital sector of our nation's scam economy. It's an MMA fight for your money, and we have the fun blow by blow. Finally, former NSA-slash-CIA head Michael Hayden is going to deliver a keynote address to a gathering of fresh fruit lobbyists. What do you get when you cross fruit growers with spies? Come for the banana's history of U.S. intelligence fruit coups and stay for all the fruit puns that we can come up with. I'm Jason Lincolns with Huffington Post reporters Laura Barone-Lopez, Zach Carter, Arthur Delaney, and Allie Watkins. And here's what happened first. Wow, what an intro. Hi, I'm Jason Lincolns, editor of Eat the Press of the Huffington Post. Welcome to another edition of So That Happened. We have so many things to talk about today. And I'm going to warn everyone up front, there's... A lot of puns. So if you don't like puns, I apologize. How could you know there's a lot of puns before we've even started talking? Why are you the one screwing up the temporal existence of the podcast this time? Yeah, suck it time. I girl. just know. I just know. It's almost as if I recorded a segment already. And don't tell people that. Know that. You're the one who's telling <laughs> people that earth. this was stitched together you after brought the fact. It up. You brought it up. Don't tell people that we're not in their time. I can't wait to talk about politics today. I'm so excited. I know, Uh, I know. We'll start with some bittersweet news, okay? So this is the last podcast produced by our good friend, Ibrahim Balki. The last one. He's moving on to uh, HBO's Vice show and moving on to New York City to work on that. I think that probably Ibrahim is the guy who, like, more than anyone is responsible for this podcast. So if you like it, you should thank him. If you don't like it, you should blame him. Uh, I would I would just encourage people to give me credit for things they like and Ibrahim. Okay, give Zach like. credit. He's, he's for going out every... the door, so you just might as well shower him with pain. Right, but it was like Ibrahim who first was like grab Zach and I to come into this room and and say things about soccer. And uh, 
And that was cool. And then Zach said a bunch of really, really, really mean thing about Belgians. And Ibrahim said, well, I guess we're going to need to edit this, too. <laughs> That's right. It was good that we did not release that material. So this is his last one. So you don't like waffles? <laughs> some Someday some right-wing site is going to release that stuff, and I'm going to be in deep shit. Maybe. I mean, do you think the right-wing is going to be, do you think the Federalist is going to write, Zach Carter trashes Belgians? They'll probably try to hire you. It's like, yeah, it's like, not. <laughs> won't be they like would that. say, Zach Carter is ignorant of waffles. Waffles. <laughs> Media ignorance of syrup. Uh, Zach never saw in Bruges the movie. Yeah, okay, so it, <laughs> it was all a dream. We used to be produced by Ibrahim. He's a good man. He's going to do great at, uh, at HBO. Yes. Got good things coming for him. Right, so let's move on from the past. Donald Trump. What? Why? <laughs> Why? I got to write a story which said he was... Because we're going, we're today. moving on from the past. We're going yeah, okay. back to the future. So, okay. Oh! Oh, my oh. God. You were the worst. Trump is Biff. Yes, uh, so... Listeners of this show already know Trump is Biff. Uh, an idea... Do they, though? Why would they know that? Who is Biff, Arthur? Biff's from Back to the Future. But why would our listeners know about bad... that already, Arthur? Because I've been... Uh, promoting this idea with my every okay, every it's, fiber it's, of my being. It's not because you talked about it in the segment we already recorded and think we talked about it, it last week. In bro? Podcast time, we did talk- we? Okay, I guess you're right. <laughs> what a mess! You're right. Do you know, uh, it, Biff is so good. I, I I literally think that I think that Arthur's right, and I'm turning every single podcast into like Donnie Darko. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Donald Trump was awesome this week. I mean, I look forward to many more weeks of Donald Trump. All hits, all hits this week from Donald Trump. His speech in South Carolina, uh, I wrote a piece on this. It's really interesting to me the way he is channeling populist rhetoric, but basically only as like a really (laughs) hardcore nationalist. Uh, Yeah. He's just like a racist Bernie Sanders. It's amazing. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to protect Social Security and make Mexico build a giant wall. Yeah. You're like, okay, I guess. (laughs) He's going to the border today. The border of your dreams you and mean, your nightmares. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to find the real rapists, I think. Oh, God. Yeah. Yep. Uh. Poor Lindsey Graham. Finally, someone gave out someone's phone number, and it was Lindsey Graham's. And it was it was hilarious. It was pretty hilarious. I, I wonder if the, uh, the cowardice of other Republican candidates who are so massaged by consultants and coached and, uh, and told everything to say and do creates an opening for some jerk who is just acts like a jerk and everyone's like oh thank god <laughs> thank god someone's up there being a total jerk we've been starved of this kind of rudeness i think that in in the sense that every poll has a crazification factor of like probably like 23% 24% that that's fine those people are finally getting what they wanted, what they've asked for all this time. I mean, I, just, I always think of the the Republican primary in 2012 about this. I mean, remember that there, there is like the "let him die" caucus that exists in the Republican yep. Party, yep. and and that 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 is that is like a really nasty, mean spirited part of the of the, the base. Um, but Trump, it's interesting to me. I think he appeals to the mean spirited part of the base by just kind of being a jerk. But with his policies, he's not he's not actually pushing "let him die" policies. He's pushing if you're an American, we're gonna do great things for you, whether you're rich or poor. And we're going to do it by really sticking it to China and Mexico, who are bad guys. But Zach, that's through them. That's the policy. <laughs> the words you just said <laughs> are the full extent right. of it. He that's is, it. Yeah, he is the guy who thought that after the Iraq War, we should have literally like carted off all of Iraq's oil. 
And like, I was like, like in a big pickup truck. Right, exactly. It was like, I was like, first of all, A, I don't know how we do that. B, I don't know how any nation on earth supports us in a war ever again. I if we so. just say, by the way, it was about plunder. <laughs> We're all 16th century colonialist, colonialist douchebags now. Like, I think that probably the coalition of the willing would have been the coalition of the what? It's unfortunate that Trump's moment is so fleeting and that we won't have this much Trump all year, you know, for the for the rest we'll of see, the year. We'll see. He can fund himself for as long as he wants. He can stay in this race and be relevant see, at 20% for as long as he wants. You're, you're kind of buying into the notion that he's actually got billions of dollars to his name. Yeah, it's a questionable he, he notion. He, 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 even if it's only two hundred million or something, if he spends what ten million dollars on this thing, he can stay in for a long time. I suppose that's true. But so can a lot of people. And on on uh, Thursday, he threatened that you know if Republicans are too mean to him, he'll go third party. And that will just totally fuck them over. Hillary Clinton's <laughs> watching this like. A... <laughs> uh, it's if, interesting if you go back to the uh, the last like third parties like kind of con- conservative candidate Ross Perot in in the nineties. Very, very, very strange stories uh, about from from the Ross Perot candidacy um, that people have mostly forgotten. Mm-hmm. You know, like he at one point said, like the C- like Bush was collaborating with the CIA to like embarrass his daughter. Um, that was why he like pulled out of the race when people thought he was you know so- somewhat viable at least. Very, very strange stuff. And he stayed in for a long time. In basically a self funded gajillionaire. Um, I, I think we could have we could have if Trump wants to, he he could stay in for a long time and do all sorts of weird stuff uh, that will be fun to watch. Probably bad for the country. I think other. I, I think he'll be handed uh, a Manila envelope at one point by Republican operatives, and they'll be like, see what's in there. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then he'll be, you know, he'll leave. Surely the Republican operatives would hand it to us. Well, I'm saying that's what that's what they'd say. Tim we Miller. have Tim we, Miller. Are you out there listening? What's in this envelope? I we deserve that envelope. Made Miller. copies of it. <laughs> <laughs> we will give it to someone else. I, you know, it's funny. You, you bring up Ross Perot. I had a I had a um, acting co- teacher in college who was who was a big Ross Perot fan. And I remember, like on election day, I was just like, she was just like, you know what's going to happen, Jason? You're going to walk into that voting booth tomorrow, and I know you're going to think about this, and I know you're going to pull that lever for Ross Perot. And I was like, do you want to put some money on it right now? Are you allowed to gamble on votes? Because I'm willing to <laughs> guarantee illegal. you I'm not going to pull the lever for Ross Perot. <laughs> but you'd be you. You'd be you. She was cool. Nobody said that in the 90s. It was fine. <laughs> Nobody said you'd be you in the 90s. That is like totally last People year. totally year. said you'd be you in the 90s. I was like, what's up, Bay? You going to vote for Ross Perot? No, hey, said, that's, not, that's not true. <laughs> they said reality bites. Absolutely true. <laughs> and hated the job <laughs> of the gap. That's right. That's right. <laughs> We are all way into Ethan Hawke at the time. <laughs> so, Zach, you wrote a thing about, um, uh, what's the name of the lady? Uh, ooh, what's in... She's kind of new. She's pretty new, yeah. Um, uh, Drinks uh, tall, boys. Very cool. She's from Oklahoma. Oh, Elizabeth Warren. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah she, wow. Drinks tall, boys. No, she doesn't. She totally does, dude. Did you not, re- did you not remember her telling the story about when Harry Reid called her up to, like, uh, to come and be the uh, the the tarp overseer, uh-huh. tarp overseer, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the bailout, the bailout overseer, and she said she was she was at home. She was she was having a barbecue, and she had like 
she had like one handful of like food and like a tall boy and someone handed her the phone and Terry Reed. <laughs> yeah, man. That I don't think Arthur she said tall boy. She did. I dispute this one detail. Right, we'll get... well, we should get, we should get her on on the show again and ask her how she feels about the uh, the one beer policy. That when you she was so when ago. she was running against Scott Brown, She'll she had man. the most epic uh, beer posturing of anyone I've ever. What was seen. it? What was it? Well, she had previously said, you know, I have one beer and I'm like woo. And then she was out on the campaign trail slugging beers at, you know, Boston bars or whatever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and people were like, what's your favorite kind of beer, Elizabeth Warren? Oh, she's like, oh, I like Sam Adams, Guinness, uh, Michelob Ultra. She's like, no, you don't. <laughs> Yo, I'll tell you right now. But then she won. I'll yeah, tell you she right won pretty now. handily. Suckers. Right now. I'm, I'm sure Elizabeth Warren has pounded some Schlitz. Oh yeah, right. you're out of slits, you're out of beer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they, they, thanks for working the branding in. Yeah. That's like an old an old Schlitz commercial. It's hilarious because it suggest it's the idea is that Schlitz is the only true beer. So when you're out, you know, We're, you know, no other beer counts. But actually, it's the last thing you drink when when you have a party. So when you are out of Schlitz, you are in fact out of beer. It's the grossest. We part. are angling when, for a <laughs> when you're out of Schlitz, you wake up in a park. <laughs> we are angling for a Schlitz sponsorship. No, there's nothing better in the world than being like a Midwest bar with. The beer's cheap right, and everyone's so friendly and it's great. Elizabeth Warren, yeah. had, my, my, my story here had nothing to do with beer. Zilch okay. to do with beer. Never mind. Uh, Elizabeth Warren um, kind of I mean, really embarrassed this guy from a company called Primerica at, at a hearing uh, middle of this week. What is Primerica? Um, so uh, Primerica is basically, it's, it, I believe that the term of art for it is multi-level marketing uh, company. Um, but how many stadiums do they have named after them? I don't, ooh, good question. Probably uh, at least one. Yeah, it's probably some hockey team somewhere. Yeah. Um, so, Primerica, it's sort of like it's like Herbalife or Amway, you know, where where people sell this stuff. You know, like okay, well, you know, I've got some beauty products for you, and I get a commission on my beauty products. But if I go out and recruit more people to be salespeople, sort of under my force, right. then I got a commission on their sales. And then if they go out and recruit more people, I got a commission on those people's sales, and on and on and on. So. In these 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 sort of schemes, uh, you know, a few people end up making a ton of money because they get all these recruits and they're getting commissions all off of everybody else. And most people just don't make much of anything and sort of go around trying to talk their friends into buying a bunch of crap that doesn't they don't need. Um, the difference with Primerica is that instead of selling you know herbal supplements or, or beauty cream, uh, they sell financial products. They sell uh, they sell insurance uh, annuities. <laughs> uh, you, know, you can buy buy into mutual funds with them. Wait, um, so, so tell your friends to buy these derivatives. I don't get it. <laughs> you go and you you tell you tell people life insurance. You know, like hey, right. you know, you sh- you would uh, th- this this would be a good thing for you to buy. Ha- how about saving for retirement with you know this mutual fund? Oh um, man, you're gonna lose all your friends. <laughs> it's uh, it's well, I mean, they have a hundred a hundred ninety thousand people last year paid to to for the opportunity to to join the Primerica sales force. It's it's a nominal fee. It's like a hundred bucks or something. Right. You pay to Primerica. To be considered, um, and their overall sales force moved from like ninety five thousand to ninety eight thousand. So, with one hundred and ninety thousand people paying Primerica money to be considered as a potential sales agent, they only got like three thousand more net net people. So, they have a huge amount of turnover. They don't approve that many people to even even actually. But they sell take things. that cash. Yeah, and then and then the stuff the people who who actually do become certified Primerica sales reps a great scam. make like six thousand dollars a year at, on average. And if you're a financial professional and you're making six thousand dollars a year, something is wrong. <laughs> something is wrong. Um, you just like if and if you are a client of a financial professional who makes six thousand dollars a year, 
that is probably not a, like that's probably not the right advisor for you. You could probably get better advice off the back of like Nutella boxes. Well, I mean, I think <laughs> I, I haven't sat in on any Primerica pitches, so I don't know. But they they, they have Put had it on problems. Bread. And, and so th- this is this is one of the problems that that uh, that Elizabeth Warren brought up at this hearing because uh, this has to do with uh, you know Obama has got a uh, he's got this retirement security rule that Warren very much supports. Uh, that, that's the big thing here. Yeah, that we should explain. That was an Obama Warren team up in a year where things have been fractious. That was between them. That was a big team up moment. For yeah. Them. So and, Obama's gonna make uh, uh, financial advisors act in the best interest of their clients. It's, That's what the rule said. So simple. It's yeah. really simple. So and, along comes Primerica guy to to say that this isn't good. Yeah. At a Capitol Hill hearing, Republicans put together. Wow, that dude must have drawn the fucking short straw. <laughs> That's all I know. Well, so that's the thing because it's really hard to get to to explain. You know, Republicans loathe this rule, but it's really hard to come out and say, you know, I think financial advisors should be allowed to act to scam their clients. Yes, in order to, to enrich themselves at their clients' expense. Right. Nobody it's really. The vital wants to come sector out and say of that. the scam economy we're trying to tamp down on. And so, like for years, you know, the financial sector opposed this and just kept kept this rule from coming up. It was initially proposed in 2010. Oh, uh, Scott Brown, meanwhile, is, like, selling pills. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's selling doing, diet like, pills. peer-to-peer sales of, of diet pills. Just Scott to, Brown is living his... Just to his, tie everything together. Yes. Scott Brown, at last, is living his best life, and you should leave him alone. Well, he lost weight. He looks, right. He, it looks terrific. It looks fucking good. Shilling pills. Less filling, pills. tastes great. Uh, pills. Diet pills. Anyway, yeah. so, so this kind of stuff is all around us. Yeah, there's, like, $17 billion a year that people lose from conflicted ad- ad- advice. You know, your financial advisor says, you should invest in this thing because I'm secretly getting a free Corvette. Uh, and <laughs> if, if you buy this, uh, even though it you know, earns whatever, not, you know, not as much as some other, other a- asset you could invest in. So um, it's a big deal. Republicans have been opposing it. So they got Primerica to come and uh, the president of Primerica, a guy named uh, uh, Peter Schneider, to come and, and testify against the rule. And, and his pitch was, was this. And it's, it's very interesting. He said... You know, we serve low-income people. A typical Primerica client has thirty thousand to hundred thousand uh, dollars that they make a year, um, and that's we, not that's not low income at all for people who are investing for retirement outside of like the okay. Year, it's 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 not a whole lot because if you make thirty thousand dollars a year, you don't have a whole lot left over to to put away for yeah, okay. for tw- twenty years from now. Um, and they said, look, we all agree that clients that, that financial advisors should act in the best interest of their, their clients. But it just so happens that the way this rule is, is written technically, we would have to dump all of our all of our low income clients. And that would be that would be terrible because these are the people who need financial good financial advice you know, the most. This is coming from a guy who like who gives bad financial advice. Recruits nineteen year olds with no experience <laughs> to be financial advisors who will make six thousand dollars a year. Um, oh I'm here to give you some financial advice. Right. So so Elizabeth Warren is like, buy low, sell high. Right. Uh, so Elizabeth Warren is like, so you said uh, everybody agrees that financial advisors should act in the best interests of their clients. So I was reading an article today, uh, and just to be clear, it's an article that I'd written for the Huffington Post. Um, I, so oh, I saw yeah. oh, about. It's oh, all about go. Zach. Well done, Zach. Yeah, well so, done. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, who wrote that article again? I forgot. Yeah. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, so, uh, God. And she says, you know, it looks like there are 238 public workers in Florida, you know, firefighters, teachers, architects, whatever, um, who you you set aside millions of dollars for a settlement with uh, because you had, had advised these people who were very close to retirement that they take their their publicly guaranteed 
public pension plans, get out of them and get into a much riskier 401k IRA type plan uh, so that you could manage their assets when they actually retired. Do you think, Mr. Primerica guy, that that is good financial advice? for people who have a guaranteed pension to get out of it right before retirement and go into the stock market. And no, no financial advisor in their right mind would ever, ever argue this. It's just, it's just totally, totally bonkers. <laughs> no one would ever do this. And so the guy from Primerica is like, yeah, uh, so uh, we actually, you know, that doesn't have any case, be- any bearing on us because those weren't actually our retirement clients. And that was true because they had not actually, you know, after they got this crappy advice from Primerica, they sued them instead of <laughs> signing up to have them manage their money. Um, but it's exactly the kind of behavior. That, That's a pretty that, good trick. It's like, oh, all the people who are mad at us because of what we did to them, they're not our clients, technically. Right. right. So <laughs> was there like, was this like a flop sweat situation? I wish, there are a lot of criminals What's that I wish could sweat? like make that. Sweat situation? Flop sweat? Yeah. yeah, flop sweat. When you're up on stage and uh, it's not going well and you start profusely yeah. sweating because it's oh. a flop. Oh, he had some serious flop sweat going on. Because Elizabeth Warren was like, I, 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 let's be clear. They, you gave them this advice. Do you think that's good advice? And he was like, ah, well, um, regulators said we acted properly. Uh, and she's like, yeah, exactly, because it's legal, which is why we want to change this rule. If you're <laughs> testifying against changing. And he's like, ah, ah, ah. He just squirms. And it was just, it was just really kind of, you almost felt bad for the guy. And then you realize that he runs, like, the herbal life of, of financial services. And you were like, no, actually, I don't feel bad for him at all. Um, but it was, it, was, it was just incredible. I couldn't believe Republicans had thought, like, this is going to be, like, the sympathetic actor. That, that like, you know, that, that everyone's going to be like, you know what? Obama's gone too far now. Primerica might lose some money. Schlitz. <laughs> The, the, the moral of the story is be very careful about financial advisors you pick. Uh, and I'm sure there are a lot of people who work for ProAmerica who are nice people who mean well um, and who will give you good advice. But there are probably a lot of people who have no idea what they are doing. Um, and and it's when you're talking about money, it's a, it's a you know, that's that's a – you should actually get Elizabeth Warren's book on it. She has a really great book on personal well, what's finance. What's the status yeah, of the – politician. Yeah. She's doing a good what's work the status of the rule, the fiduciary duty rule? You know, it's it's going it's they're going through the 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 process with it. So I, I think they're they're expecting to have something finalized uh, by the, I think January. Oh, next this is year? going through the process of letting five hundred companies tell them it sucks, don't do it. Right, and and then they're going to do it anyway because okay. they w- I mean they're just going to do it. There's no reason for them to go have made it this far. But it takes yeah, you know, it takes time. There's comment period. Well, I hope like that. that at the time that you gentle listener are hearing these words, that I am drinking a nice. <laughs> Cold tall boy of Schlitz. I hope so too. Hey there, listener of this podcast. I've got a quick little thing I'd love to chat with you about. Are you a regular So That Happened listener? Well, let us know. Send me an electronic communication with your electronic communicating devices at So That Happened at HuffingtonPost.com. Tell us what you think of the show, what we're messing up, and who you'd like to hear more from or more about. Okay, back to the program. Okay, we're back, and uh, I'm here now with Arthur Delaney. Hey. And Laura Barone Lopez. Hey. And you know, a great man once said that life is a highway, and I want to ride it <laughs> until I'm eligible for Social Security, and then I should be thrown off that highway. I thought he said all night long. Or that. One of the other things, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Something like that. 
We're talking about the the um, oh god, the fucking perennial inability to pass a simple highway bill. This was the only thing Congress was really doing this right. Week. I know, mm-hmm. I know. They're such underachievers. <laughs> Laura, Laura led well, our coverage. How'd it go? Well, Arthur helped me, um, but it, it's it's a bit rocky. There's some roadblocks. Ooh, oh. this is going to be a real pun heavy podcast. Yeah, my headlines have been pretty pun heavy. <laughs> <laughs> they make me laugh. Um, yeah, so a longer term highway bill hasn't been passed since 2009. It's been a bunch of short patches from Congress because. They can't shore up enough money to pay for the highway trust fund. Uh, and they, they won't, won't do a gas tax. Exactly. They won't raise the federal gas tax, even though a number of states, 16 so far over the last two years, have raised their gas tax. Uh, eight In order of to those, pay for, for roads within their pay, purview. Mm-hmm, exactly. Uh, and eight of those are Republican states. So, <laughs> how, how long has it been since the feds have raised the gas tax? 1990s? It's been since uh, like or, the or early here. 90s. It's been at uh, 18.4 cents. Now this is the primary this is the primary funding mechanism for yes. the Highway Trust Fund. And it right? still is. It still is, yes. Uh, about $34 billion per year goes into the fund from the uh, federal gas tax. But because it doesn't since it hasn't been touched, it doesn't account for inflation, it doesn't account for uh, increased fuel efficiency in vehicles. So uh, there are within the Democratic uh, caucus, you know, both in the House and the Senate, there are people like Senator Dick Durbin, the minority whip, who is in favor of raising it. On the House side, uh, Xavier Becerra uh, is in favor of raising it. But people uh, like Senator Schumer are saying, look, the vast majority of people in both parties aren't for raising this, so we're not going to touch it. And Republicans are saying they're definitely not going to raise the gas tax. So Because Grover Norquist will haunt their dreams. <laughs> But uh, to the extent what, when we talk about the highway trust fund, the federal highway trust fund, what kind of things is that actually procuring for ordinary people? Like, what does it actually pay to do? Uh-huh. Well, it pays for in the majority of states. It accounts for over half of all the money that they put into their roads, their bridges, their highways. So that's you know whether it's long term projects that are expanding, uh, you know, intersections and highways. In Arkansas, I was talking to the. Uh, the people at the Department of Transportation there, and they were saying, look, you know, we have this massive project that we want to uh, get going, which would expand the highway system going out of Little Rock because that gets insanely congested. And that costs, you know, taxpayers billions in in money and all the gas that they're wasting and, and all the time that they're wasting not being with family or, you know, taking time to get into work. And so, um, they can't do that now. They can't. They had to put uh, that project on hold because they don't know when the next paycheck is going to come from the federal government. Um, and also, in another state, they had to completely stop their overlay program, um, and that's where they, you know, cover up potholes and they fix all the roads and all the problems from harsh winters. And so that isn't going to happen now, which you know, inevitably could mess up some people's cars. So the Highway Trust Fund, in short, it makes the roads good. <laughs> it makes the cars go. So without, okay, so if we're not going to raise the gas tax, uh, how how are these guys creatively coming up with ways to even fund the trust they, fund? They went into their offices in the Senate, and they, <laughs> and they started looking under the cushions yeah. of their couches. Don't they mostly find, like, hard candy and parts of their old dentures in the couches? And that's basically what they put into the legislation. 
they announced this week. It was like little folded up pieces of paper <laughs> that fell out of someone's pocket like three years ago, and they unfolded it, and they're like, whoa, this is an excellent piece of legislation that we could stitch into our bill. So they got 16 different things that each raise like $1 billion. Mm-hmm. Okay. Except for uh, the federal bank. There is one substantial piece, like a, more than a third of it comes from ending this uh, bank subsidy the Federal Reserve is giving out, cutting a rate that it that it pays banks. But ending anyway, bank subsidy sounds good. Right? None of it. It's it was all things, all but like one or two of them, totally unrelated to highways, and one of them, uh, two of them actually were total toxic waste. Politically, and they had to be jettisoned at the last. Why second. were they toxic waste? Because they cut social security. Mm. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, "What the f- are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass." So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Now, I'm not a... Oh, thanks for the payoff on my... I'm not a a big, fancy (laughs) uh, Washington (laughs) consultant. (laughs) Aren't you, though? But I've heard cutting Social Security can be an unpopular strategy. It's the third rail of American politics, and we need tax money to fund more third rails, too, by the way, which is kind of... No, this is not about rails. I know. That was the problem. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Sorry. You kind of killed it. I got over my skis. You're right. what happened... How how did this go down, Laura, this week when they... uh, So the Social Security thing was like on the horizon, and then... What happened to it? So in the final text of the bill, which was released um, on Tuesday, that's when they announced the deal. It was between Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell and Senator Barbara Boxer for the Democrats. She worked it all out, you know, um, said this is a breakthrough deal. But then when it came out and it had this uh, Social Security provision in it, which would have um, which would have cut benefits for. People that have outstanding warrants and uh, so-called fugitive felons. uh, They call them fugitive felons. Like, Mm -hmm. they give them the the (laughs) shittiest name. Mm -hmm. This cuts benefits. And this is the, you know, they, what the Congress actually, they cut, they passed a law called the No Benefits for Nazis Act. I remember that. No Social Security for Nazis. So this is in that vein, I think. Sure, we're saving a lot of money. So. (laughs) The five or six Nazis that I left. Yeah, it came out, and then uh, a, a good amount of Democrats were like, "What? what is this? We we aren't for this. The House completely said, you know, how dare you, uh, uh, the House Democrats. How and do you House... target fugitive felons specifically? Well, they have a database, and, uh, you know, law enforcement uh-huh. lets them know, like the U.S. Marshals and the FBI lets, lets the database know if there's a warrant for a person. 
But they actually did something like this in the welfare reform law, right. and it was broadened in... You know, people with the same name were having their Social Security retirement benefits cut oh, off. Oh, right, because that notorious government efficiency on top of everything else. Yeah, so, and all these <laughs> courts were like, what are you doing? Stop. Stop <laughs> taking – and, like, someone wrote a bad check for groceries 20 years ago and had his, you know, only income severed, like an old man. And so they stopped, and Social Security had to repay half a billion dollars. So, wait, this is literally warrants dollars. for anything? This is, like, bench warrants? This is, like, I, I, I skipped jury duty when I was a – it was in, in this college. This new provision. I jury duty this new provision. They say it's a. Uh, I they, was leaving town. I had no choice. My it was like three days before I left town. I was like, no, fuck this. I'm calling the cops. Go ahead. This new thing they said it had a. Uh, it's for people with an outstanding warrant and people who law enforcement say they are pursuing. Mm-hmm. Social Security Administration. I believe they say they already do this. So I'm not sure where they came up with the idea that this saves money. But anyway. It and proved to they, be toxic waste. Yeah, and then to to tone it down a bit, Boxer negotiated to where it would have a protection, and it said, uh, what did it say, Arthur? It said, for good cause, individuals that um, exhibit good cause. Yeah, it just said Social Security can, can say, don't worry about this person. <laughs> yeah, but He's then he exhibits good but cause. Then, so is there some panel night. that's just like, oh, that guy. Mm-hmm. So on so he should be Wednesday night. Wednesday night, they... Um, because just last so, night, just last night. Oh wait, we shouldn't. Oh, I, 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 I fucked okay. it up. Why can't you figure this Sorry. out? Sorry, that's my fault. That's it's, my right. fault. Nobody. There's no time. There's no time. It is right. Thursday morning. No, no. Oh, you're you're just stop, Laura. You're just doubling down on what Arthur hates. We're not in time right now. Uh, okay, let's go back. Uh, Wednesday, Wednesday night. I remember Wednesday night well. Okay, Wednesday night they had their second uh, procedural vote because the first one failed. Democrats were like, no, we want more time to look at this bill. So they tried again last night. And um, in order to get more Democrats on board, uh, Arthur and I were told that um, that in the Democratic caucus they were like, look, we're not on board with the Social Security provision. It needs to get out if you want our votes. And so McConnell and Boxer decided to pull it from the bill. Yeah. So they got enough uh Democrats to vote to advance the bill. So now the bill is on the floor. but Without this the toxic waste. Without yeah. that, yeah. So this definitely was uh, key, though, in order to get those votes because Democrats were going into the meeting on Wednesday before and, and the— And House Democrats had passed their own bill way right. before, right? Oh, there's this whole— Yeah, it's a whole different bill. So now they can accept the Senate bill and not have to go to conference. Uh, that's a whole other question oh. because— <laughs> So uh, oh, there's a, there's a whole worm. car crash in the future. Basically. Ooh, more puns. I like yeah. that. Okay, so well, I didn't say a train wreck. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Car crashes happen on highways too. Uh, we should have set pun rules when we started. We but, okay, have. just keep it to you know traffic related puns. Okay, car crashes. Okay, I'm not going to debate this with you further. All right. So what happened was the House, yes, last week passed its um, a five month. Uh, extension of the highway trust fund it's a you know so that means that it would let the fund expire december 18th instead of on july 31st but the senate decided it was going to go its own route did this long-term bill or is working on this long-term bill and so far house republican leadership has said well we're not gonna bring it up we're they should just be taking up our five-month extension why you know we're not going to be doing anything with this bill. They're standing by their their bill saying there's no point in doing this. And they're the, having trouble as it is. And the, and the funding is about to – they're going to go on recess for August and there will be no funding. If they don't. I feel – It is a game now. of chicken. It's weird. It feels like they're close to passing a responsible bill in this regard. 
And they don't want to? It's responsible. It's bipartisan. And, and so in that sense, it's responsible. And the Senate's going to pass it, but the House is just like... And the other problem is House Democrats, because House Democrats have... Uh, they have issue with almost all of the offsets, so... The other offsets are, it's a, a, a grab bag of stuff that was in the couch cushions. Like, there's things related to how lenders report uh, what people with mortgages have been paying, you know, the value of homes. They retrieve a billion dollars right. from a leftover making home affordable program yeah, that never that wasn't working, yeah. Yeah, there's just all this, all this couch cushion, all these pieces of hard candy and old pennies. And none of it really had a hearing, so even though it's like bipartisan and stuff, it's still got this kind of uh, lame feel to it. So the house is—I think that emboldens the house. Like, what is this? Stuff? And I, yeah, and I think they're also like, wait—they're saying that it authorizes spending levels for six years, but then they actually only have money for three years to pay for the fund for three years. So they're like, this really isn't as long, you know, term as everyone wants it to be, so why are we doing it? That's kind of the the uh, tone coming from the House. Oh, weird, 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 weird. We used to, it used to not be that hard to pass a highway funding bill, right? Am I crazy? Am I just crazy? I, they've been uh, no. they've been kicking the kid the, down the, the rec- road. Let the record say that no one's actually looking at me like I'm crazy. No, I, I, I'm trying okay. to. Oh, sorry. Oh. I guess I'm crazy. Uh, yeah, it's been it's been bad for the totality of the Obama era mm-hmm. since 2009. Oh, sorry, I remember a period of time before Obama. <laughs> I mean, not, but but calling <laughs> I'm old enough to remember where there weren't I Obama mean, as president. I'm, I'm just trying guy. to say it's as bad no, as okay. everything else that's okay. been going. No, okay, on. fair enough, fair enough. I, I would just like mm, everyone talks about. If we had what's his name, uh, Sam's buddy from the old Secretary of Transportation, Ray LaHood, Ray LaHood up over here, he'd be like, "Oh, we used to pass these things all the time. I don't understand why we can't pass these things." Washington is broken. Yeah, I, I love. Yeah, him. well, we know. I love Ray LaHood. <laughs> Good man. Good man. His solution to this would be a bicycle. It would be a bicycle, and that's okay. <laughs> that's totally all right. I love bicycles. Well, we're although, uh... although for other people. Not for myself. Mm. Yeah, they are like attractive to look at. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's great that people ride. Glad bikes. people riding them. I I've been run off the road one time too many, and uh, the last time I was like, "Fuck bicycles!" I yeah. literally, I literally threw my bike in the dumpster. I haven't gotten back on mine since I sprained my ankle, and then walked bleeding into my apartment. Well, listen, guys, it looks like this funding thing's not going to work. <laughs> House and Senate aren't going to get together. You better. Get your bike out of the dumpster. What's your future? What are your future uh, highway puns? Uh, uh, Senate hits pothole. Oh, good. That's pretty. I good. Th- when they get an agreement, I think they'll. Did you? They'll retrieve their easy pass from, <laughs> from the Senate you, love box. I, 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 did you? Did you guys ever read that story about that dude who was getting potholes in his community fixed? By going out onto the potholes and spray painting dicks on them. <gasps> oh, I did see that. Yeah, and like people yeah. would be like, oh, someone painted dicks all over the street. And they would come and like repave <laughs> because they wanted to cover the dicks up. Yeah. That's like smart. that is like a brilliant thing to do. Like if, if people um, – okay, here's some official – If you're listening. If you're listening. People out there in your community, some sort of happened advice. If there's something in your community that's broken, needs to be fixed, there's a pothole, a crumbling bridge – 
get some spray paint, go out in the cover of darkness and spray paint dicks all over it. Mm-hmm. Just just cover it in spray painted dicks and it will get fixed. Wow. Because apparently like the depiction of a dick, a dick piction. Huh. Okay. <laughs> yes, keep going. Is <laughs> Don't stop there. Don't stop. <laughs> I was doing like that was like a take. Okay, if we were if we were a visual medium, uh-huh. people would have appreciated that I did a good take. It was good, Jason. Come okay, it, it, I forgot where I was going with that. You were just, just telling all of Americans to spray yeah, paint dick yeah, signs go problems. It. Go, <laughs> yes. We don't need a highway yes. bill. We yeah. don't need an Obamacare. Spray. Put, put a dick on it. Spray. <laughs> oh, it's like it's like put a bird on it. Yeah, only a dick. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're done. Okay, we're done. All right, done. Yeah, absolutely. See you later. Arthur Delaney, you can follow him on Twitter. <laughs> at Arthur Delaney HP. Yes, at Arthur Delaney HP. Please follow him. He's desperate. He's going to paint a dick on his Twitter account if you don't follow him. Um, Whoa. <laughs> no, I won't. I'll do it if you do follow me. And, and. <laughs> oh, I, either way works, I guess. And Laura Barone Lopez is. L B A. Wait, no. I'll do it. Uh, it's at L B A R R O N L O P E Z. There you go. The real person who came up with Triff is Biff is Trump, and I just fumbled. Oh, that. that's right. I we I do. Uh, within wanna... our office, Laura Baron Lopez was the first person to like to recognize that Donald Trump is Biff from Back to the Future. Yes, or whatever that's worth. You guys are the only people who have done something wonderful with the fact that Donald Trump is running for president. I, uh, we emailed... I congratulate you. We emailed uh, the actor who played Biff and also Robert Zemeckis and, the, uh, and, and Bob Gale, the co-author of the uh, screenplay, uh, and none of them are willing to confirm our theory. <laughs> <laughs> it's very close to the bone. Go check that out uh, on our... I'll put it on the page. Just Google Biff Tannen and Donald Trump and it'll come up. All right, bye. Laura, Arthur, thank you. Goodbye. Bye. Okay, guys, we are back, and now we are joined by Allie Watkins. Hello. Yay. Allie Watkins is here. We're going to talk about some some devious stuff. Um, (laughs) Something like that. Allie is super excited today because she wrote a story about Former CIA director, right, Michael? Former CIA director, former NSA director. He had, like, a stint as director of, like, master spy overlord. Yes, master of puppets, yes. Michael Hayden. Who is, like, Maybe the dude. least spy-looking person in the world. Right. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know, but, you know, it's funny. I think I remember, like, in the original, like, Robert Ludlum Bourne series, like, the point of Jason Bourne was, like, he's kind of like a schlubby dad bod dude who was just like, whoa, I can kill people with my bare hands. What the fuck? And, like, in the movies, he became, like, Matt Damon, like, Ubermensch. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I remember the books correctly? And and Michael Hyden kind of just looks like he's a grumpy insurance sales agent. Right. I was actually talking to some people about this a couple uh, months ago, back when all the torture torture stuff was happening, and they were saying how, like... Their jobs are a lot harder with John Brennan because John Brennan just looks like he wants to take you into a room and rip your fingernails off. Whereas Michael Hayden is just like, hey, guys, hey, guys. But in, when you I've really seen look all at of your it, photographs. <laughs> so Michael Hayden was up to some stuff. Yes. That at first blush appears like super duper innocuous. I mean, my Twitter feed was really funny about it. So he um, was solicited by the United Fresh Produce Growers Association for their annual conference 
the United Fresh Washington Conference 2015. Sounds fresh. Yeah. Sounds like uh, it's like the Sweet Green Music Festival. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. I'm, right. I'm, it would be really awesome if they got Billy Idol. Billy Idol and Michael Hayden headlining <laughs> a United Fruit Growers Association conference. But exactly. yeah, my Twitter feed was just like, Rock the cradle the of trade unionists from Guatemala. <laughs> 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 but yeah, everyone in my Twitter feed was like, "Wow, well, I guess we're expanding our brand." Which I mean, my first reaction was like, "Okay, I guess <laughs> we're trying something else." But when you really look at it, it's not that uh, rare when you look at this long bloody history of fruit spies. Fruit spies. <laughs> Oh, that's the pun. Uh, yeah. No, it's getting. I that's mean, the, the story pun. had so many puns and terrible jokes. And our wonderful bureau chief Ryan Grimm saved me from myself and said, "You do not want people groaning this much when they read your story." The lead was Michael Hayden's new audience prefers cutting boards to waterboards. Oh, that's a good one. I thought that was a good one. That was good. And there was a nice uh, <laughs> reference to rectal feeding. How we were leaving oh. the raisins and pine nuts to <laughs> the pros this time. Oh. And there was a, a small jab about whether Hayden prefers to have gloves on or off when he handles his fruits. And hey, Allie Watkins, what do you call Michael Hayden buried up to his neck in guavas? <laughs> Dead? A nice start! <laughs> <laughs> There you go. <laughs> okay, I got it out of my system now. All right, so That's like, good. what? It, but but there's a, there's a kind of a complicated history between the CIA and fruit growers. I was there is. Say, yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, there, there's just this really terrible history between the CIA and corporate interests and murdering people in general, which just happened to intersect with a giant fruit company in the fifties. Um, and what we, fruit company was that? This was United Fruit, mm-hmm. which was this like giant conglomerate fruit company that eventually got broken up through various antitrust laws and eventually devolved into Chiquita. Um, but I mean, the backstory of this is the Dulles Brothers, which I mean, we named an airport after, but there, there's this fantastic yes. book written on the Dulles Brothers that the lead of the New York Times book review was. If you want to understand why the United States is hated everywhere, read this book, um, <laughs> which is totally accurate. I, I mean, they maybe were, it shouldn't be an international airport then. You maybe would we should keep it to domestic flights. You would think they actually they ha- used to have his like statue and one of the brothers' statues in there, and they like removed it. I don't know if it was for moral purposes or it's I don't know it's shoved in some like conference room now. But anyway, so the fruit connection here is the Dulles brothers. You know, lived the typical American dream of being born into this, like, political legacy family, going to Princeton, being very successful Wall Street lawyers, and then conveniently finding themselves, one sitting in the Secretary of State's office, one sitting in the CIA director's office, and having a fairly laissez-faire president when it came to foreign policy who just let them pillage and colonialize everywhere. So that was, I mean, it worked out well for them um, and their corporate partners. So they both came up through this law firm and the United Fruit Corporation. They were both involved, remained involved throughout their 10 years in their respective government offices. And when the Guatemalan government, you know, won independence and the new leader said, hey, we're going to take back like some of this land that United Fruit has just kind of taken over. United Fruit was like, what the hell? And the Dulles brothers were like, that's okay, we're here. <laughs> and under this like wonderful guise of communism, they convinced everybody that the Guatemala, new Guatemalan government was like, fostering ties to Russia, and everybody freaked out. So a CIA-led rebel army helped overthrow the fairly communist 
full benign Guatemalan government and you know, then bananas fostered everywhere. And bathing's free for Chiquita. Yeah. Right. Mm. So Michael H- Hayden is just being like, I thought I like that. Yeah. I like that. I, He's just, just carrying forth the tradition. In fr- instead of going from the private sector to government and bending government to my will, I'll just go from government to the private sector and then maybe bend government to my will. Yeah. And I mean, United Fresh is really pumped about it. They were like almost so excited that I couldn't burst. The, like, be like, are you sure you want a war criminal? Like, talk. <laughs> but I, I like, couldn't do alleged, alleged war criminal. Yeah, right. Alleged war. Sorry, star. You know, alleged war criminal. You know, like, did everyone just kind of forget all this stuff? Torture. Guess, torture with a T. Yeah, but not only happened with torture, but there's also, like, really kind of weird, long history that you have with, like, totally screwing up international law and murdering innocent people to grow bananas. Right. How many ounces of, like, of blood do you think we... That are in we each Chiquita banana. Every time we eat a piece of fruit. Oh, man. At least a little bit. There's a little bit of shame and a dead soul yeah. attached to everything we eat. Yeah. That's an interesting problem for a lot of different uh, industries, though. I, yeah, you know, it's certainly I, not. I, I think about this, like, with, you know, with textiles and stuff. Like, we outlawed slavery in the United States in, you know, 1864. Uh, however... A lot of the stuff that we buy is still made with, you know, forced labor or human trafficking, which is, you know, our euphemism right. for slavery. Um, just, it's just in other countries. We're like, oh, it's over there. Don't worry about it. No, Highline just it. did that really good piece on, you know, the myth of the ethical shopper. Mm-hmm. It's kind of. So it's, you don't just have to feel bad when you eat. You can also feel bad when you wear clothes. You can get dressed, wear <laughs> clothes. I'm I'm all for feeling bad all the time and also feeling sort of hopeless and powerless in the face of unremitting misery. Yeah, how can you not when you're in Washington, man? <laughs> it's pretty great. It's pretty great. There's another thing I wanted Jason, to Jason, talk- I got a song for you. We got to we got to get these songs released so that you can you can feel better. There's another thing I wanted to talk about while you were here, Allie, and that is the future of cars. Cars oh, which, okay, this is new. Yes, cars which this dystopian. Week, yeah, this week uh this week uh, a, a a dude made news by uh allowing his Jeep to be hacked. I saw that. Yes, uh, he was driving his Jeep, and, and hackers, like, actually took his Jeep down. Like, one might take down, like, a DDoS attack on a Jeep. <laughs> Pretty dope. And, and, I, and I, my first thought was, my first thought was, was uh, that's going to be hard to, like, explain to your insurance company, no, dude, I was hacked. Because isn't that what you say anytime, like, you get caught doing something bad on the internet? You know, like, you were trading, like, pictures of boobs and accidentally, yeah. accidentally like, tweeted the DM of some boobs you had or your dick neck. Yeah, no, it was hacked, it was hacked. And now, now I'm just like, like, people can hack cars and crash them and be like, oh, no, seriously, I didn't do it. Wasn't there just a movie made about this? How we're like gonna hack cars and hack power grids and hack nuclear? I don't. We're just hacking everything. Yeah. So do you? What I mean is, is our future like? Here, here's here's one of the reasons I bring it up is because like there's right now there's a there's a Chevrolet campaign out there and like the Chevy campaign is like there the the shtick of the Chevy campaign is like our cars are luxury cars and I bet you didn't know that so they ask people about like what brand do you think offers this stuff. And people are like, oh, I bet BMW offers that. And they're like, no, snaps like a Chevrolet. <laughs> and so, like, there's one line in one commercial where they explain that there's, like, Wi-Fi in the car. And, like, this woman goes, oh, man, Wi-Fi in the car. That's the dream. And I was like, 
the fuck ever dreamt about that? It's a fucking nightmare. <laughs> Wi-Fi in the car? What the, what the hell? You don't want that shit in your car. Do you realize how long we've been driving cars without Wi-Fi? We've been doing fine. We've been doing fine. We've got Wi-Fi everywhere else. I, that's, I mean, you're hitting on something really interesting for a that's lot of reasons dream. here. Like, why? The first time I started to get really freaked out about this is when they started making those cars that can fucking parallel park themselves. Like, yeah. first of all, learn how to parallel park. Don't yes. be an idiot. It's not that hard. Second of all, or what don't do you, drive. Don't drive. Or don't drive. Get a bike. Okay. You know, that's what I do at the moment. But, like, what do you do if you hit someone? Like, oh, sorry, dude, my car did it. Right. Like, <laughs> I, are you responsible? You my computer will exchange information with your computer. Like, I don't a car to park for I don't want a car to do anything for me that's why I learned to drive so I'm a I'm a big sci-fi dork have been my whole life uh and I I every every like three or four months there's a news event that happens that makes me think oh my god it's like it's like the science fiction book I read when I was like 11 or it's like you know like when Ferguson happened I was like oh shit it's RoboCop it's happening um and each time it's like it's like man we're like one step closer to dystopian you know awfulness and I think the the car hack just sort of pushed me over the edge. I was like, nope, nope. We hit dystopia like 15 years ago. This is it. This is what it looks like. You have legalized corruption in in the American government and then just a bunch of crazy hackers who are going to like break your car and steal your identity on your cell phone and then torture you. Right. And it sucks. (laughs) I want my anti-dystopia back. Non-dystopia back. The only difference between our world and the world of the trans-metropolitan comic book is like the availability of like designer drugs. Like, that's really literally the only thing left. (laughs) (laughs) As as soon as they can, like, pump us full of Soma and accept our problematic existence, we will literally be like a Warren Ellis comic book. (laughs) Hopefully hopefully there's some, like, really good-natured billionaire out there who's going to, like, start a colony on the moon and I can go there. And and be like hang out with a bunch of whatever like, nice good natured socialist or something. They can probably put Wi Fi in cars in the moon. That's that's when you find no. out we were never meant to go to the moon. Yeah, because there's like like Nazi war because of, there or something. Yeah, yeah, Michael Hayden put something there. It's <laughs> <awful. laughs> <laughs> so, so on the dark side of the moon. That's why he talks to the fruit growers. He's like, "Can you smuggle some bad shit and some bananas up to the moon?" <laughs> Like, that's what the space program is. You know, we're literally transporting the dead souls of trade unionists to the dark side of the moon. <laughs> All The only thing that's up there are space poltergeists. One day we'll have to destroy the moon. And they're out for their vengeance. As soon as we can vengeance. get everyone used to not having tides. <laughs> well, President Trump orders the destruction of the moon. And for some reason, everyone has to eat more mangoes. <laughs> And the mangoes make us docile. <laughs> well, I think that's uh, that's pretty much that. <laughs> so that happened. Well, that Your podcast happened. for future shock. <laughs> Hopefully, they can add some echoes to that in in edit. Future shock. I don't know. Maybe they can. I'm, I'm asking a lot of. I'm asking a lot of our new producer on her first day of producing. Um, all right. Well, thank you guys so much for being here for whatever this. Was life Always is pain. fun. Life is pain. Right, <laughs> Allie Watkins. You can follow her on Twitter. Yes, you can. And I'll even tell you how. Get a Twitter account. <laughs> then delete it. <laughs> then just like go to Twitter and read her stuff. But, that's her, a, that's her, a better, and, better and strategy. You're, you're um. Everyone delete your account. Um, <laughs> just knock on my door. Don't go to Twitter. Right. Just come come you talk can to follow, me my house. You can follow at Allie Watkins around Adams Morgan. No. You can follow, <laughs> you can follow Allie Watkins at 
at A-L-I-W-A-T-K-I-N-S. Confirmed. Right. That is accurate. And you can follow me at Deceiver, D-C-E-I-V-E-R. You can follow me, Zach Carter, at L-I-F-E-I-S-P-A-I-N. That's right. That's not true. I, you can't follow me there, but that is Life is Pain. Right. It's, it's Zachary Carter with an H. Exactly. <laughs> H is in house. Uh, I'm going to say thank you for listening if this is the last segment, and I'm going to say we'll be right back if this is somehow <laughs> the middle segment. So that's what happened this week. This podcast was produced and edited for one last time by Ibrahim Balki with technical direction from Brad Shannon and assistance from Christine Canetta and Adriana Ucero. I'm Jason Lincolns. This week we were joined by Huffington Post reporters Laura Barone Lopez, Zach Carter, Arthur Delaney, and Allie Watkins. So That Happened is available on iTunes. Please check us out in the iTunes store for the Huffington Post's whole family of podcasts. Subscribe to them all and tell all of your friends. If there's something you'd like to hear us talk about, please send us an email to so that happened at HuffingtonPost.com. And as always, we thank you very much for listening, and we miss you already. So that happened. <laughs> that Your podcast happened. for future shock. <laughs>